Sideboob Cinema is a retrospective movie show for adults only. Educational, satirical, transgressive. It's just entertainment and we're not out to offend, but at the end of the day, Frank Zappa said it best. You either get it or you don't. Roll the tape. misogynist white men out there who lament the demise of the feminine woman and welcome to all you political lesbians who have been forced by the patriarchy to eat the bearded clam this is side boob cinema your podcast within a podcast my name is ricky Orpak, and joining me tonight are my fellow lesbos aj and jonathan astro aj ever tried to rape a man <laughs> yes i used to get called fritzel <laughs> fritzel? Yes. what is that is that the name of that's the, the guy that the... raped his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> you, you... you weren't expecting that answer, were you? Oh, no. The show has started dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, before we circle back to that story, John, what, what films were you watching when you were 12? Probably this. <laughs> well, if I could have got my hands on this, I would have. But, uh, you know, just the usual stuff. Nothing, nothing special. Predator, you know, Die Hard, all that stuff. <laughs> so, not you weren't watching Fellini movies like Martin Scorsese. No, I wish I had though. I'd be a lot more interesting a person. <laughs> I think I feel <laughs> if that's the case. But does that mean if you look when you think about it? Oh, we're doing City of Women, nineteen eighty, by the way, people. Frederico Fellini, but Marty, if he loves Fellini, and mm. he watched him young, does that mean he loves big bosoms? Definitely, probably. Like Who I've, doesn't? Like, I've never heard him talk about that. I've never heard him go, uh, I was watching uh, uh, City Women, uh, 1980, uh, Freddie Confellini, great film. He's a he's master, a master master of the titties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he never... Does never does does Marty put big titties in his film? Yeah, no, he's all no. about dudes, hot dudes. Mm, yeah. just, just, you know, when I say hot, I mean not hot, pesci and um yeah. de niro just powerful men powerful mm. power, men. power objects power mm. objects he's not into yeah he just he's he's one of these guys like i mean there's a couple of them tarantino him spielberg they all hate the titties only one of them De palma he was all about it he was like mm. he's like this is my area of expertise you know but the rest of them they were like no no we like other stuff like nerds. feet feet yeah. in the in qt's case yeah he mm. loves it yeah he loves it Fucking sicko. Well, <laughs> anyway, Fellini, 1980, City of Women, screenplay by Fellini and his mates, uh, story by his mates. Again, I'm not going to read out their names, all right? Because because you just I don't I don't have to say it probably. But but Bernardino Zapponi, there you go. Sure, that's one of them. Brunello yeah, okay. Rondi. Great. Okay. Sure, that's his mates. So. <laughs> He's come up with this uh, this peach, and this is the end of our uh, end of Fellini for the moment for us. Now, I, I maybe just start big before we get into the synopsis. Where did you out of the three we watched? Mm. Wh- where does this film fit out of the three for you? Last. <laughs> big. big. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a great time. I had a hard time. Really? Yeah. 
I, I felt like this, this, I had a similar experience with this one as I did with the other ones. Like it t took me about an hour to get really into it. And then I would like really enjoy the last hour. Right. So I don't know what, what, I mean, the films are long, mm. but you know, I mean, this, uh, there is a lot in here to, to, to get excited about. Clearly not. AJ's not, not impressed. <laughs> Thought it was garbage. Well, hey, I, I got to say, I got to say, I I had a tough start for this movie. You know why? Because now I, I this is me fucking up. Like I started watching it, and I was like, oh man, this is such a dodgy copy because it's Russian. It's Italian, yes, it's an Italian <laughs> film dubbed in Russian with English subtitles, and that's how I watched it for the first forty minutes. Oh, sorry. Before I realised you could turn that shit off. Should have done your solid. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, oh, all this fast dialogue that's happening. Am I going to have to like, issue oh, a, a set of instructions <laughs> on how to watch these movies? <laughs> I think you might. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, none of that. None of that's good. None of the things you. None of the things you people have said is good. All right. Hot takes straight up. Please keep listening. <laughs> well, I think uh, I will balance it out a little bit. I think I don't, I don't dislike the film as much as you guys. But, I, but having said that, uh, I think that it is probably the, the, it, where it is the last on the list of the ones we've watched. You know, because I, I didn't expect to love Juliet of the Spirits. And I think that was a real piece of art. And mm. eight and a half, I'm, I'm really starting to... to to warm up to that um uh, whereas this is there's a lot going against this movie 1980 it's late Fellini mm. he only lived for another what 10 or so years maybe 13 years or something yeah. so mm. very very late it's also directly political in a way so it's him mm. uh whether he likes it or not weighing in and having characters saying political stuff and uh although we did get a bit of that in eight and a half with the critic in the movie this is everyone in the movie who isn't mm. Snapperaz is is shouting slogans and epithets and things like yeah. that. So I think maybe the political stuff doesn't doesn't quite work. However, I do love it's like a dirty Wizard of Oz. Mm. I, I, True. Yeah. yeah. I love I love uh, these that type of fantasy uh, where mm. you go into this a, a world. John Waters has got one called. Desperate Living, which we're going to watch, uh, and he does he does his version where you go into this magical world, and I've always loved that. I don't know, it's 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 sort of like this. I like I think this is better than Harry Potter. <laughs> oh yeah, do you know what I mean? Like Harry Potter, you go into that dumb wall and you just go to mm. a boring school where you know <laughs> filled a bunch of other white yeah. kids. Yeah, you know hashtag Harry so them white titties. No, no titties. Mm. So this is great. Like you just go and something hot about titties, ass, obviously, and uh, and getting harangued by feminists, which I think is just like <laughs> that's my kink. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I thought this was a little bit like um, sort of like a feminist Dante's Inferno. It's like he's going down into the different levels of feminist hell, you know, yes. as he descends through to the, like he gets the roller skating rink and then it doesn't quite, quite pan out like a Dante's mm. Inferno, but. I was, I, was I was thinking, thinking about the bees movie. What's that movie with Nicolas Cage? Wicker Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Wicker Man remake. <laughs> yeah. Not the bees. Oh, yeah, not even the good one. <laughs> I thought we were going to say bee movie. With, no. Uh, Seinfeld. 
Signora, signora, senta un momentino. Senta, lei non dovrebbe stare qua. Sorelle, attenzione. Un uomo, un maschio, sa gira tra noi. Dobbiamo fermarlo. go you ready ready the film follows middle-aged snapperaz played by marcello mastriani snapping awake from a snooze aboard his train to find an attractive and alluring woman before him wearing shades he reads her signals and follows her into the bathroom where he sets upon her desperate to have his way with this rare catch Before things get too heated, on uh, the train comes to a sudden stop and the woman disembarks, declaring it's her stop. Snapperaz decides to follow her into the woods and the train takes off, leaving him uh, all out there alone. He tries again to get off with this woman on a tree, but she tells him to cool his jets and to close his (laughs) eyes and wait for a big kiss. When he opens his eyes, she's disappeared and he's in the middle of nowhere. He happens upon a grand hotel, which is filled top to bottom with hundreds of women. He is definitely out of place amongst the endless second wave feminist slogans and gripes about men, masculinity and heterosexual power relations. He finds the woman from the train, but instead of connecting with him, she calls him out publicly in front of all the the feminists and uh, he's forced to escape with the help of uh, this seriously busty young Donatella, Donatella. I can't even get her name out because I'm thinking of those, <laughs> think, thinking of those, uh, those guns. You know what I'm saying? Uh, she takes him for a roller skate in the gymnasium below, but the space is again filled with an air of menace as the women surround and heckle him, forcing him to escape once more. He meets a stocky frowline in the basement of the building who agrees to take him to the train station. It turns out to be a ruse, and instead she takes him out to a secluded greenhouse and tries to rape him. Snapperaz takes off with... Well, Ricky's nodding at that. <laughs> Snapperaz... And he's got that sort of like, um, you know, accepting smirk on his face. Like, mm, yeah. Mm. Been there, happens. Snapperaz, Snapperaz takes off with one of the drugged out teens. Uh, uh, and, uh, uh, but, uh, but then he has to escape a whole bunch of them when things get really weird. But he finds a refuge in the sprawling home of Dr. Xavier Cazzone. The doc is an extraordinary pig man who surrounds himself with erotic art and rock-hard phallic sculptures. Snapperaz also discovers the doctor's uh, pride and joy, a huge room featuring photos of the women he's nailed, along with audio grabs of them mid-coitus. Snapperaz runs into his estranged wife, Elena, and the pair are summoned by the doc to attend a celebration of his 10,000th conquest there's a clear tension between snapperaz and his wife so he ditches her for busty young donatella who's also at the at the party 
the all-female police squad, somewhat decked out like the Gestapo, raid the party and remind the doctor that his house is to be demolished the next day. And sadly, they also shoot one of his beloved dogs, which he uh, buries in the backyard. Snapperaz is taken off to bed by the young Donatella and her friend, uh, but he's left high and dry. Elena, his wife, appears, and after more awkward exchanges with her, she falls asleep. Snapperaz hears a strange noise under the bed and goes to investigate, and he falls down a long slide into a dream world. There he glimpses, uh, there he sees glimpses of his sexual past, women from his childhood and formative years who made an impression upon him sexually. The <laughs> <laughs> John also has a dirty mo, so when he, he says does, yeah. words like that, it's a lot creepier. <laughs> uh, the slide terminates and Snapperaz is now held in a cage. After being judged by a magistrate to be guilty of everything from being aggressive and peeing standing up to being a maniacal assophile, he's set free. He climbs to the top of a boxing ring in pursuit of, of some elusive dream girl. Instead, he's greeted by an old woman who informs him that he's won uh, against the feminists, I suppose. Uh, and Dr. Xavier has actually sent Snapper as a giant balloon shaped like busty Donatella with a basket and all. And Snapper as rides it like a hot air balloon to escape this city of women. The real Donatella on the ground pulls out a machine gun and shoots the balloon, causing it to lose air and go somewhat haywire, at which point Snabaraz wakes up on the train across from his wife Elena, uh, and he also spots around the carriage many of the other characters from the film, and we close on the train entering a tunnel. Four. Four. Hey? (laughs) So we open and close, don't we? We do. We do. Mm. There it is. City of, city of women. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and just, just on that ending, when, when, when he wakes up and he's looking at all these women, mm. the, the characters from, from the dream, like they've all got this, they're staring at him with sort of this knowing mm. smile on their face. It's, it's quite strange. Like they know. They mm. know. Yeah. Even the wife knows. They yeah. all know. Mm. Well, as I said, mm. Dirty Wizard of Oz... Um, but a couple of Wizard of Oz allusions in there. I guess we've got the the balloon, yeah, uh, which is which is like the Wizard of Oz. We've also got the fi- the final carriage scene, which I guess is a bit like the final scene in Wizard of Oz mm. when she wakes up. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, argue maybe you could make an argument that Doctor Katsoni is a little bit like the Wizard, I suppose, mm. somewhat. He's yeah. El, El Ron, Ron Hubbard-esque, I think. Mm-hmm. He is, but... Don't you think? Yeah, but you could say, in other words, he's a powerful 20th that's century right. man who <laughs> Pig man. fucked all the women he could. <laughs> you know, that's isn't that all of them, pretty much? <laughs> even pretty the much. nice ones. We hear about the nice ones. Like, even guys like Martin Luther King and, that, and Gandhi, they were pussy hounds, apparently. Oh, yeah. Mm. Gandhi? Really? Is Gandhi hot, AJ? <laughs> no. Keeper Keep Keep Creeper, Creeper. Gandhi edition. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of things. It's a really nice touch at the very beginning where this voice, female voice, says, Oh, with my cello again, maestro, please. Which is quite nice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> nice meta touch, you know? Because I think this is probably their fucking fifth film or something together. Yeah. Um, but seriously, I want Dr. Katsoni's 
uh, interior decorator. Yeah. Mm. Like, I, I desperate. I mean, Katie would never let it happen, but I seriously <laughs> want just nude statues and, like, I want that picture of the tennis girl lifting her skirt with her <gasps> butt showing. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> Can you get so me that? No- a frame? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and I want it just behind me. I think the boss in the IT crowd has it as well. I think, I think he's so. <laughs> Which is great. I, I like that weird lamp that when you turn it on, this oh, tongue comes tongue. out. And then the double yeah. tongue. Double yeah. tongue, yes. At the yes. end. A lot of good stuff mm. there, but like obelisks, big, mm. big, big, you know, rods everywhere. Big knobs. <laughs> big knobs. Yeah. That's all good stuff. Uh, one thing I appreciated was like, the first few minutes has no dialogue, mm. which which goes against the other two films that we've seen that, that kind of dialogue heavy straight away. So I like that. I, and I like your theory, John. You, you said a few episodes ago that you think all great films start with silence. I do. I'm going to stick by that. Like, you know, I, I, I could, people could come at me and say, well, there's plenty of good films with dialogue. I'm, I, I don't disagree. I just think that a lot of the, like, you know, generally um, more skilled filmmakers try and do like 18 minutes of silence and it just happens to be a good a good way of judging if you're going to see a good film if, if you haven't heard anything for 15 minutes it's usually someone knows what they're doing because people who are cheap filmmakers or or you know lesser filmmakers they, they don't have the restraint they just don't they don't have they either don't have the clout or they don't have the restraint and so you know you think of there will be blood Rio Bravo, it goes on and on. You know, even Heat has a great silent opening, um, where we meet characters without speaking. Love it, love all that. But AJ, come on, you, we've got to talk about some of your issues. I mean, I'm going on here, and here you, you said that this is a, this is this this is no good. No, like compared to the other films, visually, again, it's very visually pleasing. Yep. Um, I found it. I think the difference, there's a big difference between men and women in the way that if you were being hounded, like he's being hounded, like you said, it's it's a nightmare, as if he's going to want to get in bed with those twins. Mm, like, that's like, definitely. <laughs> what? Twins! Like, yes. Twins! <laughs> Come on, AJ. Like a threesome. He's not, are you going to be up that's for it after you've just been... actually how I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're being put to the test. You just fucking want to go home. Yeah. Um, And he's not tired. He's just up for it. And that is a massive difference between men and women, I think, because I think that rings true. Yeah. Yeah. No, we are foolish like that. Like, like <laughs> yeah. it is... It is it is so frustrating the way that no but we talked about this guys who just throw away their entire career mm. guys who throw guys who like the honey pot is real it's 100%. real like mm. and it works every time like like if you if you just were like like you know if you came on hot enough hot and hard enough you could get anyone to any guy to just just throw it all away wouldn't matter what he had like he's mm. gagging for it with those girls. Well, he's gagging for it the, 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 the moment the film opens. No, no, no. You know, I like, know that. But I'm saying once you've been in the car with those weirdos and like you, yeah. 
you'd be getting over it. <laughs> yes, but he's still like, <laughs> but he's still yes, like, please. oh yeah, come on, stay. <laughs> I want to have a threesome. One of you uh, needs I, to I stay. I reckon most dudes, most dudes would be like him. No, well, that's that what chick, I'm saying. That chick yeah. Donatella is is extraordinary. Yeah, so hot. She's yeah. gorgeous. So hot, like mm. you know, just um, yeah. I mean, oof. Ah, yeah. <laughs> do 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 you think if if the film has a message? I don't know whether it really does, but maybe that's one of the messages that you know dudes throw their life. You know, they because we don't really know where this character is going on the train. Like, where is he going on this train? You know, and then he's kind of throws that away to just on a whim follow this woman he's just met. You know, I mean, maybe that's part of the uh, message of the story is that. Dudes are silly and they shouldn't well, be throwing their lives away. Well, extend that further. Extend that further. It, do you think, both of you, that the film is as critical of of the flaws of men as it is of, of a certain kind of ideological woman? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I mean, the, 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 femi- the feminists in this film are pretty hard to take and they're relentless. So I think maybe it weighs a little bit more on their side in terms of the criticism, but... It definitely, you know, paints, paints, you know, what's what's his name, the sna- snapper as 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 you know, a bit of a silly old man, mm. you know. Yeah, and a horny old man too, like this, yeah. like empathetic, like like yeah, when you're definitely. when you're that horny and pathetic, like that's just like if I was just walking around going, oh, like for look at that. I mean, I never say that. I mean, I say it on this podcast, <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> I don't walk around going, ooh, like, what am I getting? Ah, like, they're doing the devil horns yeah. and, and gyrating my hips, going, ah, ah, you know, and just saying stuff uh, like, oh, wouldn't mind that. Oh, what about that? Oh, yeah, I want to mount yeah. that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a famous guy. Yes. Doing yes. the whole Weinstein That's thing. That's right, you know, like, it's crazy talk. So, I mean, yeah, he does come across as really pathetic. And, like actually, but what's so interesting is is a bit, again like that like that hostel thing I keep bringing up. Uh, in hostel, the guys are such dicks, but they're getting treated so poorly by the the killers in hostel that you, that they're humanized. And mm. it happens to Snapperazzi. He's getting so poorly treated at at some point that you're like, oh, just leave him alone. Like yeah. he's just a pathetic, like horny old loser. Like just come on. Like even from I, the start. Not- Yes, and she's like, "Close your eyes and give me a big kiss." Like vulnerable, and it's, the it picture, is picture. The picture of him oh. projected in front of it. If I had a picture of you, Ricky, of you with, waiting for a big smooch, oh. going, mwah, mwah. <laughs> that is so humiliating. It is crazy, oh. crazy. So mm. yeah, all right. No, I buy all that. I buy all that. Um, look, there's something. There's something very weird about the movie. Like I can't like I saw it a long time ago, and I keep coming back to it. And now I'm uh, I think it's missing it's missing the lightness of of Juliet of the Spirits, mm. you know. And it's missing I I don't know. There's something dark and, and oppressive about the film. Um, mm. I don't know. I can't tell whether Fellini's angry or not, but it feels like feels like he's very like he's having a go. You know, it does, yeah. But like at the same not, time, he's the pathetic old man. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's that's good. That's the good part is that yeah. he sort of recognizes <laughs> that he's a pathetic, mm. you know, and he's like, aha, you know, like, you, you know, you you are, uh, uh, you know, shrewish, 
feminists you're the worst but it is i who is the pathetic loser you know like like, so it's a way of gaining primacy in the victimology stakes well i've got lots of parts that i like would you like to hear them ricky i would there's so many i don't know so firstly the fantasy stuff i love the big it's 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 all shot in in Shinichita, so I would imagine huge big sets. F- everything's fake, fake clouds, f- like trees on the. In- I love trees on the inside of of studios. So like mm. you know you see that big glass wall with the with the wind blowing the trees. It's all just on mm. a on a set, you know. Yeah. There's a fake plane, a giant fake plane that's in the sky, and actually. That scene with the drugged out teens is edging very, very close in tone and and timing because it's 1980 to demons. Mm. Yes, yes. There's yep. something about it where I was like, "Wow, these chicks could be in demons," you know. Yep. And we hear a bit of their synth music. It's it's him. That is Fellini going. I don't understand you, young people. <laughs> you know, and, and your horror movies. Yeah. Mm. Well, he's just he doesn't get the young people in 1980. Clearly, you mm-hmm. know. He's he's moved on, you know. Yeah, that that giant slide is quite amazing. Oh, amazing! That that, that toboggan mm. that he rides, and and it's also quite amazing because, and, and you can see it's a practical effect where he is just really sitting there, but the rail is sort of moving, and so it looks as though he's going endlessly down this thing mm. as as he's experiencing these, you know, old memories of of you know past encounters and stuff it's it's quite magical it is and it's mm. velvet as well velvet yeah. rail yeah and this background backdrop of of lights circus lights you know mm. wonderful magical stuff i mean so even when even if you think fellini's off his game he's still pretty good oh definitely that's what i mean visually it's beautiful and i think even ebert says that a bad fellini movie is still one that should be made mm, mm. but I, I like everything that happens in dr um, Xavier Catzone's place. You know. His name came up differently in the subtitles. It came up as as mm. Zubacock. Yeah. Oh, did it? it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Catzone is is one is is sort yeah. of one name we get. Mm. I've seen that, but the subtitles yep. definitely said Zubacock. Mm. <laughs> well, in I did send you. Um, I, I did discover someone commented on IMDb, someone who is a, a native Italian speaker, that said that Catzoni is a is kind of a derogative term for dick. Uh-huh. So True fits. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. But so what what in his mansion did you like? Oh, I just love I love like the the decor of it. I I love the scene when he blows out all the candles because mm. he's got this massive cake with ten thousand candles and he's got to run around <laughs> it and, and blowing as he puts all these and out. what about the last right. candles well the last yeah. candles it has that chick that performs this magic trick with her vagina which is yeah but he's got to piss on the, yeah. the last ones <laughs> oh that's yeah. right yes 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 i forgot and about he that. pretends that it's champagne well, is it champagne i <laughs> yeah, don't know no. I, I can't tell no i thought it was piss but yeah. i loved it i loved it because everyone was like oh you monster like yeah. they, he, he was ruining i love people ruining their own parties <laughs> <laughs> and this giant it. cake, no one could, no one could have a slice of it because it's just pissed it's all over. <laughs> yeah. right. 
But I did, I did mention the the, the magic pussy. So there is that chick mm. who can, I don't know, draw things through, I don't know, telekinesis or whatever into their, into their magic snatches. Coins but and pearls, coins pearls, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But John, have you ever met a woman with a magic vagina? Well, it's it's a slight setup. <laughs> AJ, it's a. I know this story. It's a I know this setup. story. And look, I've rem- I've forgotten. So- I can't t- tell you the whole story. But when Katie and I were were courting, it's not Katie, by the way. She's just got. A- I feel like I feel like saying she's just got a normal pussy. <laughs> but I don't think she'd appreciate that. So we, we were courting, and we were at a bar in Perth, and. You know, you know when you're just having a date, and you're, you're, you're. This has happened to me several times, by the way. When you're just like all into the person, and then some hanger on, some <laughs> blow in, just, 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 just latches onto the both of you, and starts talking. So, so some lady just started talking to us, and I'm sitting there just going, "Oh God, who is this bore?" And everything <laughs> this this woman said was more amazing than the last. Like she, you know, the story came out that she was like she was more bogan than you've ever experienced in your life yes and so she was saying that she just got out of prison that, it's always a good note to start off on and, and that she lied to her family and told them that she was in bali <laughs> <laughs> and i was like okay all right yep and then like eventually you just start going okay yep uh, any, anything else and then she just and then eventually um she she I can't remember whether she showed it once or twice, but some point <laughs> after that, she she goes, yeah, and I learned how to do this. She leaned back, pulled her panties aside. And by the way, AJ, just before you think that this, this chick was um, Scarlett Johansson. She was not. She wasn't. Okay. She was, and no, I'm not, I won't be coarse. She was a dog. All right, she was a real dog. And anyway, she leans back. It's never the ones you want leaning back, no. pulling her across, Ricky. She pulls it aside. Next to her, her um, yoni is a marijuana leaf, like tattoo. A and prison one. I think she, I think she bummed a cigarette off me by this point. And she puts the cigarette down no, on her pussy. No, on her pussy, AJ. On her pussy. And then smoked the cigarette with her pussy. And you're in public. It was it was the yes. Brisbane Hotel in Perth. We're in public outside. The night was over. Okay, the night was over. It was after that I was like, yep, we're done. We're done. <laughs> so yeah, that was um, that's what happened. Uh, should have, should have told that story at your wedding. <laughs> Not appropriate. <laughs> oh, oh wow! That's a lot. That's a lot to see. Yeah, it is. It's no good. As as I recall, this woman had just come from the royal show. Yes, which is this. This um, mm. it's basically like like a like a fair, you know, and she had a whole bunch of show bags with her as well. She like did. Well, so she was cashed up. Show bags thing. <laughs> no. Oh. She mentioned that she blew the guy to get the show bags. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeps on giving. I don't remember that. It yeah, keeps on getting I better. think that's how she got them. Because show bags a, are expensive. So expensive. They she are. had a bunch, and she she blew a guy to get to get all those. That's oh God. 
So anyway, um, that's Perth. That's Perth. None of that's in the movie. Yes. So plenty of other good stuff. I love uh, at the um, the convention at the hotel. The I love there's a there's a play they do called The Average Housewife, which is really yeah, good. Yes. So a woman, yeah. uh, you know, with a baby on doing ironing and cleaning, and then her horrible husband, who's like Frankenstein, comes home and she makes spaghetti for him. And then while she's doing the dishes, he comes up behind her and goes, mm, starts pumping her from behind. And then she's doing like the ironing, and he's getting, he has another go. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Love all that. And they sing this song. The women all sing this song. A woman without a man is like a nose without a room. A woman without a man is like a dictionary without a broom, like a palisade without a strut. So they sing this sort of jaunty misandry, like misandrist song. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, it's weird. Weird stuff. Yeah. And and then they have a... a, It's like a... um, it, yeah, it's, I guess it's like a conference, and and this woman she turns up, or they introduce this woman who has not is it nine husbands or seven husbands? Six, six, and she just talks about that how how that works for her, the lifestyle, you know. Yeah, that's that's very that's polyamory now. Now is mm-hmm. it? Well, yeah, no, but that's the other point. So I was talking to Yuri today, and he and I was explaining some of the film to him. He's not going to watch this movie, by the way. <laughs> And, uh, he should he with sh- his wife. He should, and I should sit, should sit him down. He's very busy. Anyway, so he he said he goes, oh wow. He goes, so this is from 1980. He goes, it's fascinating that all of these issues are still in play. Yeah, he definitely. said that a lot of the stuff that they, that, that that were mentioned that I mentioned in the film, uh, you know, various various feminist uh, struggles and gripes was are still spoken about. You know, mm-hmm. I mean. That example that Ricky gave was that convention is a polyamory convention or something, and now that is uh, that's you know the thing to do polyamory. Mm. Well, well, you still see articles as well about just on that on that play where the 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 woman is you know is looking after these babies and doing the dishes and whatever. Like, I I still see articles pop up every now and then where they they try and quantify and compare who does the most Mm. housework and who does the most paid and unpaid work and that sort of stuff. So I mean that's still. Especially through COVID, when people were working at home plus had the kids at home. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, that that, that would be the added element now if you're doing that play. You'd have your Zoom session going while you're trying to do the dishes and feed the kids and shit. Oh, wait, you didn't mention the fuck wall. You didn't think that was good? The yes. Xavier's amazing sex wall. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love the women. sex wall. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's 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 sort of set up like a mausoleum, a marble mausoleum or something. But these women, these are uh, backlit. These pictures of women just light up with a, with a physical switch below that you have to click mm. to hear this little grab of them. You know, getting nailed or either post or yep. mid coitus. Um, you know, let me dig out. I, I, I love, I love the phys- <laughs> like, like the physicality of that too. You know, I mean, it's not just a slideshow happening on your laptop. You know, it's like he's gone to a lot of effort to to frame these things. So you've got a slideshow on your laptop. Backlit, you know, <laughs> switches. No comment. Switches. You know. <laughs> but like, you even the, in the set, like it's amazing that Fellini got all of this money for. Like, because he's pretty, like we said, he's near the end of his career, near the end of his life, and he's just yeah. made, 
He's just got all this money to play with. Well, it's sort of Incredible. dried up a little bit after that, after this, I think. Right. And, and I've heard Marty talk about it in that, was it Charlie Rose? Might have been another Charlie, Charlie yeah, Rose yeah, yeah. interview yeah. where he talks about he, Fellini had just died and Marty uh, had given, had sort of vouched for him or got or raised the money for him, but he also made the comment uh, that some of the people who were celebrating uh, Fellini's life that that now that he just passed away, you know, perhaps could have put their hands in their pockets and helped him yeah. when he was still alive. Uh, yep. Which is a, a that's the sort of fire that I miss from these guys who are just they just say nothing about yeah. the shit that's going on. So back then they used to say stuff. They used to go, oh, oh and weigh in. And now they just go, any, anyway, anyway. And they just, they don't say anything. Whereas mm. way worse stuff's happening now than just letting a, like, it's not that, that we can't get da- David Cronenberg uh, money to make another film, which we can't, you know, base, really. Like, I mean, he's made some little things, but he should be, you know, Roll, him and John Waters and that should be rolling in it, ma- making it whatever they like at this stage. That's only part of the problem. Part of the problem is we're, we're cancelling all of their work anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's 10 times, 100 mm. times worse, you know? Yeah. And and they have to, you know, bow down and say grotesque things like Latinx. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fucking Spielberg. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, before we move on to A Keeper or Creeper, I just thought I'd read out this little quote here. It's actually a, it, it's a review, but I think it highlights nicely what, what we've been talking about over the past uh, couple of weeks about Fellini and emotions and emotions sort of being the driving force uh, behind all of his films. So uh, John Gould Boyum of the Wall Street Journal said that the film's entire thrust has little or nothing to do with the striking of attitudes, the analysing of ideas. What Fellini seems after here is the recording and communicating of a set of feelings, those complex contradictory ones experienced by a middle-aged Italian male suddenly faced with the cataclysmic upheaval in social and sexual mores. Uh, we do not go to Fellini to immerse ourselves in story and character or encounter ideas. What we want uh, from the maestro and what he gives us are fabulous adventures in feeling, a decidedly original mixture of nostalgia, poignancy, and joy that is unmistakably Fellini's own. Love it. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I think maybe maybe why this film isn't as successful is it it, it does dip maybe a little bit too far into ideas maybe yeah i i agree with that because the thing is it some of the stuff he's saying makes too much sense you know like there was a lot of stuff in julia the spirits that made no fucking sense i mean what the Mm. fuck are those horses on on the on the on the float (laughs) yeah you know i don't know what that means but i think that that yields a lot more to me now than you know having people say explicit political things Mm. you know um whether they're true or not i think with Juliet, it she brought bought something to the character that was really like it. Maybe if if that was wrongly cast, we'd be missing something there. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, I agree with that. But I, to me, the big takeaway is, you know, if you want to know, I, I want to come up with like special moves for the woke. So if you wanna, if you're meeting wokesters or they're getting in the way of your creative work or whatever. One way to to get around them is to focus more on dreams and to focus more on fantasy and dreams and feeling, 
um, not in the way they say feeling. They, they, I think they say they only they only experience one feeling, and that is offence and um, indignation, I suppose. But feeling, there's all sorts of feelings, you know, that you can feel, and they don't feel any of those. So focus on those, and I think that's the takeaway for me, and, and realizing that there is a way forward. And I think that's why David Lynch's stuff is so enduring, and and you know all the good stuff i think is enduring in that way because these people have focused on something else but the moment you you you're trying to be, uh, match them in a naturalistic setting or whatever mm. well then they win every time because they can just say oh well you know don't isn't it true that you're a colonialist pig and you just go well i guess so and that's it story over Jeepers, creepers, where'd you get those peepers? Jeepers, creepers, where did you get those eyes? So enough of that, AJ. It's keeper or creeper time. All right, now let's get serious because I've got a couple of peaches for you today. Oh. All right. So this is the first one will be really interesting particularly in relation to our first film, Eight and a Half. So Marcello Mastriani as Snapperaz, he's in there. What do we got? Around about 50 years old, so a little bit older than than our character in Eight and a Half. Mm-hmm. He's divorced or separated, I think. We're not quite sure how it's all... And he's got a little bit of baggage there. Mm. Bespectacled, uh, but, you know, that's it is as it is. He's a good dresser, as always, I think. Yeah. Well, he's looking very similar to... He- how he is in eight and a half. Which is why it's going to be very interesting here mm. what you have to say. Looking very similar, a lot, of the, a lot of the same stuff, and that was a keeper. Very playful. We've got this, you know, he's talking to himself. He's doing smick, smack, smick, smack, <laughs> doing that. Like just walking along, just saying smick, smack. Yeah. I think I might start doing that. <laughs> you know? I think you should. Dancing like <laughs> dancing like Fred Astaire at one point mm. and, all, and all the rest. Just talk to, you know, that which I think was quite fun. Um, in this in the hallway of sex, he's he's got some fun ways of turning off those those switches Ooh. as well. He's doing the knees, doing the, you know, very playful. You know, that's right. Creative. Loves the tongue in his ear. Oh, the tongue in his ear. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. I'd say he's he's very he's got a very healthy sex drive. If I had to say so, that's true. Um, he's a wild beast for dad ass. Mm. Um, so that's just something to keep in the back of. Your mind uh, loves the c word, but then again, so do you. <laughs> You're not meant to out me like that. <laughs> well, if, if, if they listen to the show, they heard it. All right. Uh, so, but the, I suppose the question I have for you, I'd like you to answer this question when in your own time. What do you think of a man who talks to himself? I don't you know, mind sort it. Of, you don't mind it. I don't mind it. What about sort of muttering things? Like he says stuff like, he's like, oh, you're taking pictures? Oh, I'll take a picture of my pecker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, he's a bit crazy, Joe Davola, like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he says like, oh, look at that mount. <laughs> or, or what about you gorgeous cow? Yeah. Gorgeous he's, cow. He's talking about animals a lot. Referring to her. Yeah. Uh, Where's my mare? My mare. Yeah, he does do that, doesn't he? So anyway, he's got he's animal references. Bestiality. Look, animal. Oh no, there's no there's no evidence of that. I'm just saying animal references are coming into it. So if that's that could be you know. So have a think about that. 
So on the flip side, we have uh, Ettore Mani as Dr. Xavier Katzone. Mm. So he's around 55. So again, these, these guys are both middle age. Um, he's probably, uh, he's a lot more stocky or a lot more built, mm. I think, than, than uh, he's got that sort of Charles Atlas sort of body, you know, big, yeah. but older, like big, big, strong look, wild red hair, crazy mm. wild. All out there. Successful man, credentialed. He is a doctor after all. That's true. Chest hair on display. Oh, yeah, a lot of it. Okay. Mm. Gold chains, a lot of gold chains. (laughs) Many, many, many. (laughs) Many gold chains. (laughs) Wearing silk robes. So Mm. he's got the silk robes. He's he's doing all that. A bit like um, Snapper as he's an animal lover. That's true. So very mm. kind to his dogs, mm. uh, which, you know, I hear that that's, that usually wins a lot of women over. It's true. You've got a picture of you with the dog. They're into <laughs> it. Now, with him, I'd like to know what you think of what your view is on body count because, you know, <laughs> he's had a few girlfriends is all I'll say. It's true. He can pull. So, yeah, that works in his favour a little bit. Ultimately, he's definitely not one of these progressive soy boys, okay? No. He's, as he says, he's got no time for um, these lesbo rallies. <laughs> he does say yeah. lesbos a lot. He does, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'd kind of find funny. Well, because it's a term now that now that lesbians have become the most erased group of people in in, <laughs> in the landscape. Which is weird because they're you know they're at the beginning of the alphabet soup. Yeah. But the people on the left hate them the most. <laughs> Yeah. Because those bins are like, no, I don't like dicks. And they're like, what do you mean you don't like my lady dick? And they're like, no, it's not a lady dick. It's just a man dick. And I don't like man dicks. <laughs> so anyway, that's our men. Snapperaz and uh, Dr. Xavier Katsoni. Talk to me, AJ. Come on. Have you seen Katsoni's IMDB pick or whatever? I always get <laughs> Yes, those. I have. He's yeah. hot as fuck. When he he's is. a young man, he's yeah. fucking smoking. Yeah. Really? He's, he's been in about 100 films, this guy. Because he died really shortly after this. He did. Yeah. Uh, in the movie, not so much. Okay. But he's kind of, like the way you've painted these two guys, like hats off to you. I feel like we keep, I should be slow, slow clapping the descriptions <laughs> because you've kind of turned me. <laughs> the movie, he definitely hadn't. <laughs> so in the movie, Snabberaz is fucking. It's pathetic. He's pathetic in this movie, and it like he looks exactly the same as he does in Eight and a Half. Amazing! It's, it is incredible. I, I think they made him look older in Eight and a Half. Like the mm. the the bags under his eyes and the and the wrinkles yeah, and stuff. That hot tortured. Then, then, they hot. were in Eight and a Half, but not not in this. <laughs> up, up all night thinking about you. Oh, just, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Tormented. Definitely, just brooding. Constantly. What, what do you think of a man, a man who's been raped by a woman? What? Like, does that because because <laughs> he gets raped by that woman? Should like, he's not strong enough. Keep, keeper or creeper, AJ. He's no, but he's not strong enough to fend this woman off. Like, is that a turn off that he's not strong enough even to like? Mm. But I think like know. he he was just down in general. He's just like fucking. If I'm gonna get it one way, I'll get it this yeah. way. It's like he was a beaten man. She just kept on talking about his seed, or <laughs> <Well>, seeds in general. <laughs> she was pretty gross. Yeah. Didn't you like that boob? 
I'm waiting for the bubometer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you know, AJ, how, how, do you know how long it's taken for, to hear those words That's that right. you are waiting the <laughs> That's right. Um, isn't started, everyone? Like, what the fuck? You, but when we started it, you were like, what the fuck is this? And now, you know, like, Costanza. <laughs> yeah. There's just so many. There's just so many that we're going to have to choose from today. <laughs> well, anyway, come on. What are we, talk- what are we um, looking at? Snap Raz, Katsone. It's Creeper Sweep. I can't. I can't deal. I can't deal with these guys. So they're so they're they're gross. Are they gross? They are gross. And like mm. even his looks at the end when he's on the train, he's kind of he's kind of even pathetic on the train when he's thinking right. about his time in hell. Like you'd think he'd be huh. more oh, like turned because he off. didn't learn anything. That's the problem. No. That's a problem. He didn't learn anything. That mm. maybe that's a, that could be leveled because because remember Dorothy does definitely. She learns. She's at the end. She says, well. You know, I don't. You know, there's no place like home. You know, mm. she's she doesn't need to travel like to to, you know, have an adventure necessarily. And uh, so he doesn't learn. He he's. You think he's going to be hot, hot for that pussy Definitely. again in All about of five it. minutes. Hundred yeah. percent. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. What is it with all those kids? At the beginning? Yeah. Are they at the end as well? No. I just no, feel just like the they're, they're, he just loves sort of... Just random kids looking in. Yeah, yeah. But no, because kids are... They are kind of like... They're an interesting group. that They exist outside of... They exist outside of sexuality and they exist outside of... of they, they live in this little innocent world of their own and everything's a game to them and they're just looking in they're just, they're just a i just feel like there's something interesting there about that like you know they just they they add to the 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 madness of mm, it definitely. all because they live in a mad world childhood yeah. is mad yeah. <laughs> that's true it's very mm. true all right, let me hit you with some trivia. So actor Atore Manny, who played Dr. Xavier Catzoni, accidentally shot himself to death as his role was nearing completion of this film. Now, I couldn't find any more details of how this actually happened. In a Catholic so. country, I think that means you killed yourself. Yes. And well, yeah. your family was like, Padre, Padre, please say it was an accident. That's how it happens. So uh, the main role of Snapperaz was offered to Dustin Hoffman. Oh, my oh. God. He declined. He declined to do it after he couldn't convince Fellini to shoot the movie in direct sound rather than dubbing it afterwards. Yes. Big. So Hoffman feared dubbing himself would compromise his performance. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So And that, that's an Italian thing, isn't it? They, they dub everything. All sound is done in post. I mean, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. Uh, it didn't. It's a different kind of film, but it didn't hurt um, Clint Eastwood. So, uh, well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, do you want to say you've been in a Fellini I movie? Do. Like, yes. you know, yeah. Mm. So, you got about James Woods. You got to say any part, any time, mm. anywhere. You know, yeah. Whereas any 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 fee, any fee. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Hoffman saying mm. no, I'll do Tootsie instead. And we'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> So apparently on set, Fellini was flanked by a Jesuit priest and his psychoanalysist. Oh. So it's weird. 
Um, and this is uh, the final film of Carla uh, Terlitzi. And she's the actress who played the woman with the magic pussy. Oh. And you might remember her from another little film called Salo. Oh, very good. That's coming. <laughs> she's in that. I feel like that should be the last side boob movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it like once we realise it's all over, we just go say hello. Let's say hello. <laughs> and that should be our thing from now on that we discuss that that it will be. That it it like, should be. Yeah. yeah, it should be. You know, and what a celebration it would be too. You know? Well, that's my trivia. All right. Well, I think it's time for the Me Too meter. So now I won't forget Heavens to Bechtel because we always do the Bechtel test. As you know, it's the informal way to evaluate bias against women in, in films and other media. A worker said to pass the Bechtel test if it has two named women who talk to each other about something other than a man. Well, the film is quite subjective. It's told from Snapperaz's perspective, so we don't actually see a lot of women alone talking with one another. Uh, you guys can maybe correct me on that, but I do know that Bechtel would not be happy as the film features a number of women simply credited as woman on train, <laughs> feminist, skater, girl of Giro della Morte, fish woman of San Leo. So, I mean, it's we're having trouble getting named women here. Like, mm. you know, we've got mm. Elena, his wife, but she talks to him. Mm. I mean, she greets some other women, but we don't. Uh, I mean, did you guys pick up a, a substantial conversation between two women? Or no? Oh, what about in the in the whole feminist hotel thing? Are they are the women having conversations? But they're talking about men, aren't they? They're talking about men because even the poly it's a polyamory conference. Mm. Yeah, really. So, oh. and they're just talking about how much they hate men. And but they're all they're getting up saying, oh, you know that there's the tribe that can keep a turgid member in their vagina all mm. night. Yeah. yeah. Someone else is saying we need to abolish fellatio, and mm. other women look at the look at the turgid members of the of some of these phallic objects, and one's like, oh, if only I could get one like that. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. So mm. I don't know. I think it fails. I think so. So the charges, uh, I could spend the entire show documenting the words that come out of the mouth of the hero <laughs> of this movie, Snapperaz. The first words he utters in the film are super buns <laughs> in relation to the woman on the train. Uh, shortly after, he remarks, as, as I've mentioned before, taking pictures, hey, take a shot of my pecker. So... <laughs> He also screams the C word. We've got all mm. of those references to uh, women as animals. It goes on and on. At the convention uh, at the hotel, Snapperaz approaches some women who are smiling at him and says that he's happy to see their smiles amongst the bitter feminist yeah. scowls. <laughs> yes. I bet you like it when women smile, don't you, Ricky? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, women don't owe you smiles. <laughs> If you say give us a smile, you oh. have basically felt her up, I say. <laughs> it's the same. Unlike most of the films we've been subjected to, this movie has some welcome LGBTIQ uh, plus representation. 
there are the gays who take Snapperaz from mm. the cage, although he's not that into it. He's they're t- you know, touching him and he's like, "Don't touch me" and stuff. So that's not good. But um, more importantly, we see the image of a beautiful, muscular trans woman admiring her mm. breasts, uh, autogynophilically, I would say. Mm. Uh, Fellini knows that any serious discussion of women uh, should include men who dress as women. He foresaw the golden age we are living through. As I've said, the 70s was the era of the legs. 80s was the era of bosoms, which uh, had quite a reign. Then we entered the era of ass, which we are uh, only now uh, exiting. And now we are entering the ultimate uh, destination, which is the era of... Butthole? (laughs) (laughs) We saw a butthole in this movie. (laughs) We did. That is a... That is true. So... The Asophile. Um, that was that's quite something, though, isn't it? Because it was. you don't you don't see bunghole in a lot of movies. Although I think you should, you, you don't. And um, we saw this was it, a, but this was a giant fake yeah. ass. Yeah, it was. Don't ruin it. Don't but, ruin it. I thought it was but it's very very realistic, though. You know, hats mm. off to the uh, very, to the special effects guys. Very real. I want that in my house. On the wall. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, maybe finally, Dr. Xavier Catsoni, uh, finally uh, a, presenta- a representation of men as they are, disgusting, mm. running beasts who give all their love and tenderness to dogs and their mothers. And meanwhile, all they want with you is to add you uh, as a picture to their slut wall. You're just a notch on their bedpost. Uh, well, we all know that the best way to get them back is to fuck loads of guys. That's how we save feminism, ladies. You need to be giving out more pussy than a cat shelter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and just finally, it also speaks volumes that Snapperaz has no problems listening uh, listening to the revenge porn, uh, the audio grabs of the women mm. as they were getting railed by the doc's mm. big red rocket. <laughs> yeah, That's a consensual uh, no-no. So anyway, I mean... I feel like I could go on, you know. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I mean Donatella Damiani, you know, Ooh. yeah. I mean, she's in it, so I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Maybe that's that's not good. Actually, he sort of tips his hat in this movie because there's not a there's there's disgustos, but there's mm. not as many disgustos as there were. Like he's sort mm. of gone. Oh no, I just want to. I want a ten. Mm. On yeah. ten, here she is. Yeah, you know, and um, and I liked it. So, mm. but I'm saying, uh, did we, you know, did you guys sort of anything else great, you know, hit you from this uh, Me Too meter? You covered it. I, th- I think you've covered mm. most most of the ground. Yeah, mm. I there was a lot I think going this on. film, it, you know, if we apply our our, we have a basic test, which is, you know, we imagine whether we could play this. On Boxing Day, you know, in front of the family, you know, just this holiday time. It's got asshole in it. I don't. I know. <laughs> and a hot chick's asshole. So, yes. like that, if it's a disgusting guy and it's like he's crying and weeping and he's on opioids or something, then you go, oh, well, it's an Oscar movie or something. But, yeah. like, <laughs> this isn't that. This is just like you're looking at, at a behind, you know? 
And yeah. it, all I could think of was that Anchorman where where, uh, where the guy goes, I just want to get some barbecue sauce and put it all over there and go. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah. And, and could you play it on campus somewhere? Oh, you might be able to. It, what in Feminist One Hundred One? Yeah, like they're very though. literal. Well, yes, but the, I guess what I didn't even bring up is that a lot of the sentiments, although they are still in play, second wave feminism by and large, which is what this movie is mainly talking about, mm. uh, is has now been superseded it's by yeah. by it's been totally cancelled. Mm. So mm. Jermaine Greer's feminism has been cancelled, uh, and all of this is seen as 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 very quaint. So. Yeah, I just think that this kind of feminism is is they probably hate it more than they would hate Fellini. Mm. I would argue because mm. it's for some reason the hatred towards women by by women and their pussy man male allies is is extraordinary. Like they they get they wouldn't even remember that who's the name of the guy that made the movie. They'd just be like, oh, geez, you know those bigots, those fucking bigots. Where are the trans women? Mm. Where are the were the but brown and black one. women? Yeah, but they they weren't the main character because they yeah. never they, and they would want the film shut down. They'd say shut it down, and they'd say that was played by a man. They'd say was that a man? Yeah, it was a man. That's the... It wasn't. It, you know, and then you go, well, it was a man, aren't they men? They go, they're not men. That you should. I'm saying, well, they are men, but I'm saying you should get a trans woman who's not a man to play that trans woman. And you go, what <laughs> are you saying? <laughs> You know? Mm. So anyway, yeah. I don't think it would survive Boxing Day. But people would be alternately bored. They'd be bored, but then every now and then when they actually caught a look at something, they go, what? Like they would be yeah. weirded out and horrified mm. and then yep. bored again. Mm. Um, and uh, and on campus, I don't know. AJ might have a good point. Like, I, don't, I just don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think that... Like yeah, I just think that they're very literal. Yeah. So seeing some of the. But how do you justify it's got titties and it's got ass? Well, that's yeah, that's where that ha- yeah. that have a problem an hour and a half in. <laughs> because then you'd go, you'd go well for a movie that's critical of everything. There's certainly a lot of you know. I mean, I've got a lot of blood flow in my groin mm. now because of it. <laughs> and you go, what? what are you saying? Yeah. So, so maybe like the stuff at the start, I think that they could sit through mm. and then maybe there'd be mm. a problem later. But, and then he, he kind of dies. She shoots him down. Yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But then she doesn't really shoot him down no. because it's all just a dream. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. A sick dream of a, you know, a, a white supremacist, pervert. misogynist, no. pervert. Assophile. Yeah. Old dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boom. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, I I think it gets full marks. I think there's there's no way that 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 anyone's getting away with this anymore. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I I'll give it full marks. But AJ, don't be bullied if you yeah, don't think it's full. No, don't I don't it think it's full. I no, think it's well a done. seven. Okay. Okay. Fine. That's good. You <laughs> didn't like it anyway. So. <laughs> no. It's <yeah>. oh. <laughs> <That was> hard. <laughs> Well, 
you know what else was hard? Something in <laughs> my pants because this boobometer we've got is uh, we had a couple uh, in terms of quantity going on here. We had the Fraulein, we had Donatella Damiani, we also had the uh, just reminded me um, the woman at the uh, Asophile brothel. We also saw it a little bit there, which was mm. quite nice. Now, in the first instance of the Fraulein's um, oldish titty, uh, which has popped out, uh, very uncalled for. She uh, liked how, it. She liked it. She said, touch it. It's firm. Now, although she was a disgusto, um, the fact that she presents one out of her clothes oh, yes. does yes. win her points because one is sometimes better than two. Than two. Yes. Uh, if that makes sense. <laughs> yes. AJ, you're the one who said you couldn't deal with the, the, the way men and women are different. We're here, we're here to tell you one is better than two sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Try, try it out on Frank. I'm going to ask Frank. <laughs> Frank shouldn't have to put up with this show, okay? Is all I'm Frank saying. Frank does. Anyway. He needs to. So, secondly, uh, the woman at the... Uh, the brothel hers are hidden behind sort of a fishnet uh, mm. affair but we do see that they're, they're great they're good they're, they're probably you know better than you'll see around i would have thought chef's uh, kiss. and then chef said well yes finally we saved the chef kiss for donatella damiana playmate tear mm. bosoms now yeah they are big but here's the thing aj when she's got them tucked away unassuming Okay, so I'm saying the jack-in-the-box effect would <laughs> literally, it would literally change your life. So Do you get say it back. Because that? that's amazing. I, I, it just came to me. Uh, brilliant. I'm, I'm saying you get her back, you get her back to your place, and you go, yeah, anyway, it's all cool, right? It's all fine. We're playing it down. They pop out. It's like 2001 when the monkeys touch the monolith. Everything's different after that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like I'm seeing stars. It's like, oh, you know? So. Jack in the box. That's brilliant. Full work. slide whistle. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had two. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> now, be, be, before I do reviews, I just wanted to read out a couple of uh, just a little fa- a few factoids about Fellini himself that I uh, sort of encountered during my research, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so he's, he was born in 1920. He died in 1993 at age 73. Uh, he was a law school dropout, but he was also quite a gifted drawer and caricaturist, which I don't think people talk much about. Um, and for three years, he published articles in a bi-weekly humor magazine. This was in the Ooh. early 1940s. And in this job, he interacted with writers, gag men and script writers. And these encounters eventually led to opportunities in show business and cinema. And I thought that was interesting because nowadays all of those kind of endeavors have become specialized and you now go to university to do those things. So if you want to write in a magazine, you've got to go and get a journal degree in journalism. If you want to be uh, a creative writer, s- similar deal, you go to university, you study literature, 
Um, you know, if you want to do uh, drawing or filmmaking, again, you go to film school, you go to art mm. school, you know. So this guy kind of, he was, you know, he kind of learnt his, his trade by hanging out with people and sort of just, just kind of doing it and learning it on the job. So maybe that kind of has influenced his, uh, his craft in a way, you mm. know, which I thought was quite interesting. And we talked a bit more about religion in his last film, but that 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 we uh, that we uh, reviewed. But uh, Fellini was raised in Roman Catholic family and considered himself a Catholic, but avoided formal activity in the church. Um, and Fellini's films include Catholic themes. Uh, some celebrate Catholic teachings, while others criticize or ridicule church dogma. And in 1965, Fellini said, I go to church only when I have to shoot a scene in church or for an aesthetic or nostalgic reason. For faith, you can go to a woman. Maybe that is more religious. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Zubacock. Dr. Zubacock. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And in April uh, 1993, Fellini received his fifth Oscar for Lifetime Achievement. Mm. So, Told his wife to stop crying. Little... Speech. That's all he said, pretty much. <laughs> he didn't read out a list of thank yous. He's just like, stop crying. <laughs> There's a, a lot of really beautiful pictures of them online. You'd think that they had a lovely romance, oh. not that he was cheating yeah. on her constantly. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Maybe she was down with it. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, so, on to reviews. Most of the reviews I read were actually quite negative. However, Vincent Camby of the New York Times thought the film was a success. Uh, he said, said that uh, though the film is overlong, even for a Fellini aficionado, mm. it is spellbinding, a dazzling visual display that is part burlesque, part satire, um, and all cinema. Uh, as Snapperaz is haunted by the phantoms of all the women he has known or wanted to know from childhood on, Mr. Fellini in City of Women is obsessed by his own feelings towards women, by his need for them, his treatment, mostly poor, of them, his continued fascination by them, and his awareness that, thank heavens, they'll always be different. Um, now, the film was badly received by the majority of French critics that saw the film at the 33rd uh, Cannes Film Festival. Uh, some offered review titles such as Zero for Fellini, A Tiring Deception, A Disaster, as well as A Mountain of Tedious Pretension. And uh, you'll like this one. Russian film director Andrea Tarkovsky was in Rome that year um, and he noted in his diary that City of Women was a fiasco. He said at the Cannes Film Festival, the paper said that Fellini's last film was a total disaster and that he himself had ceased to exist. It's terrible, but it's true. His film is worthless. That's Ooh. big. That's like it, when a guy like that, like Tarkovsky is the ultimate. If he's saying that, it's, that's, that's big. It's big time, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Wonderful stuff. Well... We'll come back to Fellini, I think, uh, at some point, and and because there's so much good stuff to to cover there, and and I think that um, you know, I got so much out of it. Mm. The titties were bonus, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, overall, lots. But um, I've been thinking about where we should go. I th- I got so much, you know, that that we should cover. But I was really inspired by our discussions. I thought they were really. They've been really good, so I think we should we should keep it rolling. Uh, but you know, people, I think we should continue our our survey of the world. 
you know, because it's clear that these these cishet pigs uh, <laughs> need to be need to be exposed uh, <laughs> for who they are. So I, I think we should maybe s- move across to Germany, perhaps Ooh. next. We don't think we've done enough German films, so I think we should do uh, Fassbinder. Oh, uh, and uh, who's a great uh, filmmaker, and. The three I, I think we should have a look at is World on a Wire, which I think we should watch. It'll be a nice, a nice palate cleanser because every now and then when there's, when there's a lot of titties, <laughs> there needs to be... Dick? Uh, well, that does play into Fassbinder's bi- mm, uh, biography a little it bit. It does. So, you know, <laughs> you think about that. But um, I will think about that. <laughs> but world on a wire as we will start little little palate cleanser uh, then uh, Ali fear eats the soul and then Quarell which I've I've never seen Quarell I really want to see it so um, this guy made maybe I think he made forty films before he was forty what um, so and I don't think he yeah. made it to forty mm. I think he died at maybe thirty eight thirty nine but yeah seriously forty films in the twenty years that he was oh. making films. He was incredibly prolific and inspiring, and um, you know he's. We can we can talk about it as we get into it, but yes, Germany, we're coming for you. I'm excited. Well, we said what we said. We did. Yeah, I don't know at this point. <laughs> Jack in the Box was Chef's Kiss, though. I'm going to think about that a lot. I'm going to reference it. I'm going to. I love it. <laughs> yes. Say, I've got a great podcast you should listen to. <laughs> well, um, yes, Phoebe said, uh, and until next time, long live the new flesh. And remember, Cyberb Cinema will we'll save, save cinema. 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 <laughs> Very good. <laughs>